Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to another episode of Building the Cooperative Classroom. With me, as always, is Aaron Fleming. Hey, hey, hey. And Derek Twistek. Adios. Much better. We needed some Spanish there. But of course, I'm Adam Rubicek, and we are going to talk cooperative learning. This is our fourth mini-series, I believe. This time, we're going to talk about the essential element of cooperative learning, which are social skills. Uh, we talked about positive interdependence, individual accountability, group processing. So those are the first of the essential elements of cooperative learning. But now we are at, dare say, my favorite, because it is uh, something that makes cooperative learning unique, and especially Johnson & Johnson cooperative learning, the explicit teaching of social skills. I thought you were going to say it was your favorite just because Derek and I have no social skills. Well, you know, we do have to explicitly teach them to you. So I feel like in the course of these three episodes, which we examine social skills, you guys should come out with a much better handle on what it takes to be members of a cooperative group. I'll be sure to listen. So let's talk about uh, the theory and research behind social skills. This is actually interesting because I was in a, I was in an assistant principal group and we were talking about the need for social emotional support for students came up, you know, being that we are coming out of our global pandemic. There's been some renewed interest in making sure that we're teaching those uh, social emotional skills and using those uh, standards, uh, whether they're coming from Castle or, you know, we have some Illinois state standards here. And uh, the question came up, has anyone ever required to, uh, teachers to have a social emotional goal in addition to their academic goal. And I said, well, in cooperative learning, we have explicit cooperative skills or social skills that we have in addition to those academic skills. And uh, we got to have a, a good discussion of that. So I thought that was, um, it was, it was timely. And it, it, it's a good reminder that cooperative learning has been out there for so long, we have been doing these things. And even though um, now we talk about social emotional learning and making sure that that's got a priority, Cooperative learning has been doing this for the last 60 or 70 years. What's the one thing that we often hear from teachers uh, when it comes to resisting wanting to teach social skills? They say, these kids should know it already. Of course, that's what they say. But let's take a second and let's think. Someone just pointed this out to me within the past year or so. Why do we as adults, as teachers in a school, need to have somebody put a sign on the refrigerator in the faculty lounge or in our office that says, clean out your stuff from the fridge or only take your lunch or please clean up after yourself or please don't leave food in the sink. We need reminders as adults. So if we as high-functioning adults need reminders, then we definitely need to keep in mind that our students need explicit reminding of how to work better together. And it's not just about reminding, it's about like, right, modeling the, the appropriate behaviors, agreeing to certain norms, agreeing as a learning community that these are the things that we hold valuable when we're working together. These are different than when we talk with our, with our um, parents, with our friends out in the hallway, this is, this is a different space, and this is a space where we find everybody's um, insights and experiences to be valuable. I think that that's, that's an important lesson 
um, and something that needs to, from a teacher perspective, needs to be modeled appropriately and needs to be reinforced um, consistently. So in doing some homework for this episode, I found an article by two Swiss researchers, so Bukes and Butera. It's actually a chapter out of a book from 2015. And um, I like pulling some of these international articles, especially because it shows that cooperative learning, this is something that's that, that, that is practiced around the world. This isn't a specifically American phenomenon. In fact, there's probably more practitioners of cooperative learning outside of the United States than within the United States. Um, but in this article, they did a nice bit analysis of different studies that talk about the importance of developing social skills. But at the end of the um, at the end of the chapter, they did their own little study, and it was a very simple um, group project where they had their control group. They explained what social skills were expected, uh, but didn't do any explicit instruction. Gave them the task and then gave them an assessment uh, at the end. And then in the uh, experimental group, they explicitly taught those social skills in addition to um, just listing what they were, same project, same assessment. And of course, just as you would expect, the students that had explicit instruction in social skills performed better on the academic task. Um, it's a, it's a, it was a small study, but it shows what's been demonstrated time and time again in research that having students explicitly focus on those social skills and providing instruction around those social skills leads to better academic performance. Yeah, and I think that uh, when we think about like the teacher's role in that, it's, it's really is like thinking through um, what Aaron's going to talk about next, which is what, what do these things look like and sound like and, and uh, what's appropriate um, for our community of learners, like agreeing to that. And if we, if we think about the origins of the Johnson-Johnson method of cooperative learning, it started as, as we'll hear from, from David and Roger when we get them on in a, in a couple episodes, but it started as a way to get students and eventually adults to be nicer to each other. You know, they, they were um, very affected by, by some of the civil unrest in the 1960s um, and, and working with some of the marginalized groups uh, on David ends, David's end, and then um, Roger's end of working with uh, small children. They got together and they said, how can we get people to get along? How can we get people to be nicer? And they um, came up with this method of explicitly teaching cooperative skills. And they found as, an, as a side effect that the academics improved, that students learn better when they're cared for. And, um, and it wasn't just about being nicer to each other, right? And that's, that's I think that's some of the, 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 the kind of trap that you can fall into is like, oh, I just want the kids to be nice to each other. It really is building towards um, having discussion where we can disagree with one another's ideas without attacking the person. Um, you know, wait, and, and... that's possible right now. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising sometimes, but uh, in the world that we currently live in, it feels as though that's not possible. But uh, there is a lot of uh, problem solving that needs to occur. And um, probably occurs behind the scenes a lot more than in front of the cameras, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, as we see, there's a lot of, a lot of room for healing in, in uh, I'll say, the 2020s, you know, on, on, the, on the political stage. And, and even, you know, I think, uh, just because of everything that's going on in the world, a lot of families are even um, having some conflict. But having, having a foundation in these cooperative skills can lead to that healing. So 
Um, with that, I think we can wrap up our theory and research episode, but rest assured, we'll be back at you next week with a discussion of um, what it looks like and sounds like to practice social skills in the classroom. Until then, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.